Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Eve, and you're listening to Transforming Trauma. I'm here to share my truth in hopes of inspiring others to share theirs. This podcast helps me to feel connected, empowered, and hopeful, and my intention is to share what's going on in one survivor's corner of the world. Today's podcast is on the topic of vulnerability. And last night, I was at my monthly meditation group, and it was my turn to co-facilitate, and my friend and I chose this topic of vulnerability. When we arrived, I was happy to hear that others were also excited about the topic, However, I quickly felt that familiar anxiety of not knowing what to share with this group of people. We've been meeting for six months, and I feel like I should feel safer, that we should be more vulnerable with each other. And that was part of why we chose the topic. And then I realized, after saying this out loud to the group during our check-in, that I realized that this is very familiar to me personally. I yearn for this in most of my relationships feeling like others are having closer connections than I am, wanting more and feeling disappointed or insecure in relationships. I went on to tell the group how in college I was an outspoken survivor activist, how it's puzzling, but two times a year I had the courage to speak in front of hundreds of students, many strangers on a small college campus, details of my story. This was the purpose of the event. People attended to hear stories. What about every other day? When the mic turned off, I put my story away until the next semester. I went on to briefly tell my meditation group about the healing work I'm doing. 
Um, and for the first time since I joined the group, I didn't feel incredibly raw afterwards. I still wanted affirmation, but I was okay without it. I trusted that they cared about me and were holding what I shared. The truth is, is it's hard to take in new information or truly listen if you're so anxious about what you're saying and how you're being perceived. This is some of what brings me to meditation in the first place. Learning to be present in the moment, to be in my body, to feel grounded, to feel like I can be my authentic self and not cover up or pretend or compartmentalize. Many people would argue that they navigate the world quite filtered and compartmentalized, but I think survivors have a unique ability to do so. It can be a powerful survival strategy. However, many strategies that were once helping us to survive at some point stop serving us. I wonder if if anyone has any that come to mind of a coping strategy, survival strategy that at one point was helping them and no longer is. If they want to share that in the comments, I would love to hear from you. I don't ever trust that people want to hear the hard stuff. When I think of my closest friends, I still feel shame that my saga just never seems to end. So now I have this rare opportunity. I'm doing this survivor recovery group that's going to start to meet weekly, and I'm being asked to share my story. And one of the many outcomes or the objectives of the group is I'll receive a different response, perhaps, than what I've gotten in the past. There was one woman who's done the group before, um, and she loved it so much she's doing it again. And she expressed that while perhaps she's had a therapist affirm her story, it's very different to have a room full of other survivors do the same. I inhaled the power of her testimony. Next week, I will be asked to speak about my experience for 20 minutes. Vulnerability for 20 minutes. Wow. Receive feedback and questions and begin exploring a goal around a particular aspect of my healing that I will focus on for the next 12 weeks. It sounds absolutely terrifying, I know. But just remembering that it's hard for everyone makes it okay. There's an incredibly brilliant woman in my meditation group who so poignantly said that even though she's been listening to Brene Brown's talk on vulnerability and Tara Brock's podcasts about vulnerability and intimacy over and over, she still has no idea what it means to be vulnerable. She went on to say that it wasn't something she learned to do in her family of origin. I personally was deeply comforted to hear her share that she struggles in her romantic relationships too, to figure out when and what to share. She's in the early phases of a relationship and she questions herself on this. So I don't know her history, but I know that vulnerability is a struggle that us survivors know well. But it's also something that our allies and friends are familiar with too. And this gives me some hope. And it made me especially grateful to have this space with non-survivors because I think it, it's giving me a chance to be seen and heard in a non-therapeutic setting. And I know that this can help give me courage to have more conversations informally with friends. Now I'd like to include a little psychoeducational piece of this podcast. Um, this is a handout I received at a group not too long ago called Trust, because I believe that trust and vulnerability go hand in hand. Um, so it says that we're going to talk about how traumatic experiences affect the survivor's ability to trust herself, others, and the world around her. We'll also discuss the relationship between trust and self-blame and talk about the role that trust plays in recovery. Trust is a basic human emotion. We're 
grow up having to depend upon and trust others from the day we are born. As infants, we are totally dependent upon others to fulfill all our basic needs. Being regularly and consistently attended to instills a sense of trust in ourselves and our world. It allows us to feel that there is predictability and safety. When caregivers are able to provide this feeling enough of the time, this lays the foundation for a secure self and worldview. As we get older and become more competent, we can begin to do things for ourselves. The consistency and safety that we have already experienced in our world provides the basis for continued self-esteem and a sense of trust in ourselves. When a traumatic experience occurs, trust is betrayed. For example, after abuse occurs, your sense of security and trust in the world and your core belief that other people are safe and good can be shattered. You may isolate feeling that it is no longer safe to meet new people or to go out with friends. Alternatively, you may trust others too quickly because being alone feels too overwhelming or painful. Whether the abuse or assault occurred early in life or more recently, problems with trust may be very deeply felt. This is especially true if the abuser was someone centrally important to your life. You may have learned that you could not trust the important people in your life to have your own best interests at heart. You may also have been told things like, this is how you deserve to be treated, or it is your fault that this is happening, leading you to believe that abuse is normal and to be expected in relationships with others. Messages like these erode your ability to trust. Most trauma survivors learn that developing the capacity to trust themselves in the present can feel more challenging in the aftermath of sexual assault. Experiencing trauma can make survivors question their judgment or decisions and wonder what they should have done differently. Every survivor can find reasons to blame herself, and often the feedback or questions asked by others can seem to confirm this perspective. Self-blame or being distrustful of oneself can serve a purpose for many survivors, helping them to feel more in control or giving them the illusion of being able to prevent being hurt in the future. Blaming yourself, therefore, can be temporarily helpful, but may prevent you from trusting yourself. A major task of healing is learning how to judge situations and how to trust yourself and others in appropriate ways. This is not an easy thing to do. Other survive, often survivors state that there is a part of them that wants to trust people, but that there is also a part of them that is terrified of being vulnerable. Beginning to trust others may mean opening yourself up to being disappointed. How can you tell if you can trust someone? How do you practice trust in a way that feels safe and comfortable? If you have been betrayed, learning to further trust in others is a process which occurs over time. Some survivors rush into relationships and reveal everything about themselves before they really know if they can trust the other person. This puts them back in danger because it leaves them open to being betrayed once again. In order to safely trust others, it is important to take your time developing relationships and to take care of yourself in the process. For example, if you want to share something about yourself with a new friend, you can tell her, I had a difficult childhood and this sometimes affects how I feel today without going into the details of your experience. You can then see how your friend reacts to just that much. Do you feel supported? Ignored? Cared for? Dismissed? Did her reaction make you feel safe or more vulnerable? By taking your time and thinking about how the other person responds to you, you can get an idea of how much you really can trust this person. You can then decide how much you want to trust her in the future. For many survivors, joining a group provides them with a safe place where they can learn how to trust others.
excuse me, had a short coughing fit. Slowly, you may find yourself able to open up and share as you begin to develop trusting relationships within the group, as you test out your sense of trust and find yourself responded to and supported, and you can work on rebuilding connections with others and developing greater trust in them and in yourself. So I hope others enjoyed this handout as much as I did, and I would love to return to these questions. How can you tell if you can trust someone? How do you practice trust in a way that feels safe and comfortable? Such a good question, and I was so glad to have some time to to write with these. So if you want to take some notes and think of these questions, um, some of them are, I think I can trust my ability to make good decisions when, and then you can write about that. Example could be listen to my own needs, think through decisions. Number two, I can trust myself at these times because I feel. Number three, I think I make unhealthy decisions when I. Four, I might be able to trust myself more if I ask myself to. Five, I might be able to trust others more if I. Six, this week I will try to take better care of myself by... So that's it for this month. I would love to hear what your thoughts are about trust and vulnerability. Um, But for now, thank you for listening. And please go to rachelgrantcoaching.com and check out the Beyond Surviving podcast. Thanks, everyone. Have a great month. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.